Let's look at the second part of Genesis chapter 1. We've already studied the first five days of creation, and this is the sixth day. If you're disappointed about tonight, there is more of the sixth day in the next chapter. This is God's creation of animals and of man. Verse 24, then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Again, look at the creativity of the Lord. Look at the ingenuity of the Lord in his making of the animals. Don't be so hung up on this idea that some people believe that one kind of animal evolved into another kind of animal and fail to see the amazing creative ability of the Lord in all of the different creatures that are on this earth. They function so well, don't they? All these different designs and all these different environments I was thinking about so many animals today, the armadillo, the hippopotamus, the chameleon, the aardvark. I know the peacocks weren't on this day, but I think of everything from the peacock to the hummingbird, and then the usefulness of a horse or or of a dog, the speed of a, a zebra or a cheetah. And look at those animals and all of their intricacies and just say, praise God for his amazing handiwork, for his design in each one of them. I know zoos are kind of going out of style these days. One thing I like about zoos is you can just go around and say, look at what God did there. Look at that animal. Look at how different it is, but it still functions in its environment very well. I think of all the practical uses for animals God knew that they would need to fit into their environment, but also be a part of people's survival. Reading about all the different uses of animals um, throughout the centuries, just a testimony to God's divine design. Now we're going to get into humans, into us, into people. And even though we are similar to animals, a lot of times we focus on man-made classifications. And we say, well, this is the category The Lord categorizes us according to kind, and we like to look at the similarities. Well, this is how we're like animals. Okay, we're mammals in the way that we have a backbone, right? And our little ones nurse off their moms. These are all the different ways that we consider ourselves to be mammals. But look at here in the Word of God how he was very intentional of his creation of humans. Very instructional, and it's clear And I hope this gets to you how treasured and how precious precious you are to God. That's what the scripture is speaking to you and me. Then God said, so look, now God's going to game plan before he makes people. Did he do that with any of the other creatures? So he's making a plan. Let us, right? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The us is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of different ideas uh, about this verse. Some people say, well, God was talking to the angels. The angels aren't the creators. Lord God is the creator. There are those that say, even in the Mormon church, in the LDS church, they directly teach that Peter 
John, Paul, and Joseph Smith all participated in the process of creation. I don't know why Joseph needed his last name and the others didn't. <laughs> Literally, word for word, that, they, that this is the us that the Bible is talking about. Because they have to come up with something because the pronoun there is let us make man in our image. That's because he's our triune God, one God and three persons, saying let's game plan to make man in our likeness, in our image. Don't explain this away from the very beginning, just like we learned on the first day of the week about Elohim. Here he is, Lord God creating. He alone is the creator. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We're made in the image. We're made in the likeness of God. Many times we focus on appearance when we look at this, thinking about what does God look like us, or really the question is, does, do we look like God? Is he talking about the way we're structured physically? Is he talking about our personalities? Is he talking about, are you with me, our ability to express emotion? Is he speaking of us being spiritual beings? But let's consider the most important ways that we're created in the image of God. Because the image really means this if you need a picture. You know when you take a stamp and you like press it on a piece of paper and then it takes on the, the likeness of the stamp? Or when you have a seal and you put it into wax and then it, it takes on the impressions of that seal. We have the, the imprint of God in us. That's what the scriptures are telling us. So let's not fail to see the way the Lord made us in his likeness. And it goes way beyond our physical appearance. Listen to the words of the psalmist from Psalm 139. I'll begin with verse 13. He's speaking to the Lord God Almighty, and he says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all tell, they all were written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Let's consider three areas that we have been made in the image of God, and we're talking about the way God sees you. We're talking about the Lord's perspective of you because you're his creation. When we talk about a person's perspective, isn't it just their angle? They just have a little slice, and that's 
what they see. But when you talk about God's perspective, it's reality because he sees everything. So if you'll let this truth come to you, this is the reality of who you are in the scope of the heavens and the earth. God talking to you about your value, about your worth, about the image of himself that has been impressed upon you. Number one, we have the imprint of forever. You were built for eternity. Your soul will live somewhere for the course of eternity. In that way, you were created in the image of God, unlike the animals. Much to many people's chagrin, animals aren't, they don't have souls. They're not made to live forever the way you are and the way I am. In this manner, you and I are created in the likeness of God. A lot of times, a very sad day is when you go to a funeral or it might be called a memorial or a celebration of life. And oftentimes there'll be people at those kind of services and, and they don't hear the word of God on a regular basis. Maybe they're not in fellowship or maybe they haven't even been saved. And oftentimes I'll say at those services, do you know why you're not okay? Do you know why you're grieving so deeply? Do you, do you know why you're being affected like this? It's because you're not built for this separation. You're built for forever. You're made in the image of God. You're an eternal being. And death isn't supposed to be a part of, of your existence. God made you like him. That's a strong argument. It's something that we have that the mere animals do not have. And what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his soul? So even if this life stinks for you right now, you still have the imprint of forever on you, and you still have a yearning in you for the everlasting, to, to live beyond. Oftentimes we see glimpses of this in the animal world. If you're familiar with where the red fern grows, one of the hound dogs is so sad that she dies. And the reason we connect with that so well, at least I do, is it's, that's like a person, right? That's not, you know... One of my sheep dies, and they're like, oh, Patrick's dead, and they just go eat some grass. They don't, they don't sit around. That's really the way they act. And I'm not saying there aren't any reflections in the animal world, but they're not the way you and I are. We're built for forever. Paul wrote that if our hope in Christ is only in this life, then we're of all men to be pitied. That means if, if Jesus is only for here, then really that's not that great. But the Lord is here now forever, our Lord into eternity. That imprint of eternity is upon your heart. He's made the way for you in the forever. In that way, you were created in the image of God. Have you not been created for eternity? Yes, you have been. Number two, you have the imprint of love. We are made to love deeply and we're made to value sacrificial love. We want to be loved that way, in a way that gives of itself. And that's the way that we show our ultimate devotion to someone else. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. That resonates with you because you were made in the image of God. 
made to love deeply and to value that love. Yes, we have the flesh to deal with. We, we are selfish. But it's in us to go a level up and say, I'm not going to be superficial about my love. I'm gonna, we know what real love is. Even a person who hasn't seen the truth of Jesus as king, they value sacrificial love. Why is that? We talk about soldiers laying down their lives, and people are moved greatly. You talk about a mother giving her life for her child, and people, why does that just hit us so hard? Because we're built to be loved that way, and that's exactly what Jesus did for you. And we're also built to love that way. The animals weren't. And I'm not saying they won't defend each other sometimes. But I have a lot of cats, and when the coyotes come, they don't stick up for each other. They just run. Hey, he didn't get Jim. That's too bad, because he might get me. They're just out for themselves. The criminals come for my family. They're going to have to go through me. Then they're going to have to go through Michelle. We're made in the image of God. We, we value sacrificial love. It resonates with us. The enemy, don't you see it right now? He wants to feed our society with self-promotion and just step on other people. You just treat friendship as disposable. You use people for what you want, then you get rid of them. He's even convinced people to act that way in their marriages and to not uphold love but instead to be selfish. To be happy for the moment has become the way of the day, hasn't it? Rather than giving unconditionally. So he, the enemy wants to lower us to like the barbaric, even the animalistic mentality. And so beware. Image of God made to sacrifice, made to know what real love is. I consider the animal world, for the most part, that's outside the box for them. It's not normal for them. And the enemy, the prince of the power of the air, wants us to think that we don't need that love, that we can't give that way, but yet it resonates with your soul, created in the image of God, the imprint of love. Let's look at one more way. And it's right there, because we're called to have dominion and to subdue the earth. We have the imprint to rule. And you might think this is an odd imprint or image to have on us. But look at the command there in the word of God, to subdue the earth. And it literally means to tame the earth, to take charge of it. The planet itself being under the stewardship of people. Not to abuse it, but to use it. The Lord gave us, as humans, the capacity to rule intellectually, right? He gives, gave us the creativity to have dominion over the animals and over the fish of the sea. Now, isn't it true that there are some animals and they're way stronger than we are, but we still rule over them? Every once in a while, they eat us, right? But <laughs> it's few and far between. It's like, we're the boss. We have the creativity, the intellectual capacity, the sense of, of justice even to get in there and, and to rule. Why did God do it this way? Well, it's a, it's a picture of his order, isn't it? You'll see right from the start, he's an orderly God. And he's showing us, I am putting creation under your dominion, but there's a greater order. The creator is over the creation. There's an order. Man is to be under God, even though God has given the stewardship of nature 
of creation to the man. So he's teaching us order right from the start and how important his organization is. Still made to have dominion. I think of our sense of justice. You don't see animals setting up courts and laws and having accountability for actions. So why is that? Is it just because they're, they haven't had enough time to evolve into having courts or rules or consequences? No, it's just dog eat dog, right? That's what it is. But in you and me, we have this sense of justice. Appeal to that. Tell people, you're made in the image of God. Do you know why that angers you to your core? Because he impressed his image upon you for a dominion not that's oppressive, but to a, for a dominion that's good. That's part of why he made us in his image. I see the Lord showing us how valuable we are to him. Now let's cover the last few verses. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Mm. Herbs and seeds. <laughs> also, I thought this at first was going to say, also to eat every beast of the earth. That's not what it says. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. So it's pretty clear at this point that, that we were vegetarians, right? <laughs> and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. That, that very is, isn't it? Look, I, this is really good. That's what he said about you. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now as we talk about and study the imprint of God upon our lives as we're his creation, right away I've, from the beginning I frame this in terms of you. But there's something else happening here. If you see the truth of who you are, you have that imprint upon your life of love, that, that imprint, that likeness of God when it comes to dominion, or that imprint of God when it comes to forever. That is also true of the others around you, isn't it? Let's not get so self-centered. I am chosen not forsaken. I am who you say I am. We have these songs that talk about, this is who I am, God. But isn't it unreasonable to say that's who I am, but it's not who you are? Your fellow man, the people that are around you, all of this is true of them too. It's not just for me individually or for you individually. It's un unreasonable to say, oh Lord, you put this imprint upon me, and then to treat your brothers and sisters with disdain. For he's made them in his image. He's given them a propensity and a desire to be loved. And is that the value that we not only put on ourselves, because God says it's true, but that we put on each other? Or are we just in this for us? Oh, Lord, thank you for making me so precious and so treasured. But you made each person just as precious and just as treasured utmost value, infinite worth. The danger is that we would only value people based on their use, usefulness to us 
or upon the enjoyment that they provide for our lives? How else are people measured in the world? Their worth is in terms of their appearance or their intellect or their sense of humor, their accumulation of riches, how creative they are, how interesting they are. That's how people measure each other. But when you look into God's word, let's face it, some of us wouldn't rate very highly in any of those categories. Does that make us not very valuable? No, our value is not found in those things. And is, have we taken on the perspective of the unbelieving world and that's who's important? If they give me enjoyment, if they're talented, if they're beautiful, if they're smart, if they're funny, whatever it is, then, then they're important. Then they're worth me spending my time on. That does not lead to good. That leads to death. That leads to emptiness. That leads to us not loving one another. Come out of this realizing how much God loves you because he made you in his image. I think when I look at people, because there's some weird-looking people out there sometimes, right? <laughs> and you're just like, wow. They're all, it's all different shapes and sizes, right? You're just like... And I think, first of all, God, in all of his ingenuity and creativity, made them, and he's an imprint. They're an imprint of his image. But then we're going to get beyond that he also gave his life on the cross to save them from their sins. Just one of those things, let alone two of those things, and we go over more, makes them so valuable. How could we not say, Lord, they're that valuable to you. They're that valuable to me. They're worth my, not just my time, they're worth my life, they're worth my investment. Any other road that takes you to a place where we're not, valuing and loving and finding this worth because we're worth it to God leads to emptiness and godlessness. Is that not what this world is shoving at people? People matter because of this. This is what, this is what makes them important. And right away, I hope you're saying, Look, Jesus, I want to be like you. You found that lame man at the edge of the pool and even though he couldn't walk, he was still made in your image. And you love him, and you gave your life for him. He's not somebody to just be walked over. Zacchaeus, he's not some big stud. He's a downcast. Nobody likes him. He's a crook. He's little. He has to climb up the tree. And Jesus, you're made in my likeness in so many ways. I gave my, you just go through the word of God. Is that not the heart of our Lord? It certainly is. Come away amazed today about who God made you. But then turn that on everybody else that you see, stranger or friend. That's part of the way he teaches us to love one another.